Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, there's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can. Just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con 2020 and beyond. And we are also Westward's top 10 nerdtastic podcasts in Denver because we're that great. All 10 of them. All t- oh, there's hundreds of them. Yeah. But we're you, among no, the No, I mean, we're, 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 we place one through 10. Like it's our Oh, oh 10 I get what you're times. saying. Yeah. 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 Each placement totally. is just a different episode. <laughs> we are the top 10. Uh, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw the remake of the remake, Black Christmas. Yeah. Um, we'll tell you to see the movie, then sp- play the trailer and spoil it, but the trailer spoils the movie for you. So, um, yeah. Stay tuned for that. And uh, we also talk about movies that are coming out, movie news, and movies. Uh, wait, movies we've been watching, Blu rays that are coming out. That's what we do. Yep. Movies. 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 What are you looking at, Brad? What's going on around town? Oh, what is, what app is that? Landmark? Yeah. That's kind of a cool logo. Sure is. Them. Classy. Take us take us around town, Brad. The Midnight at the Esquire this week is... Rocky Horror. December 20th? That's the Room. The, yeah. The Gremlins. Oh, nice. The, the Gremlins. The Gremlins. Not Gremlins. It's a prequel the... to Gremlins. <laughs> and a reboot. And a remake. Um, and a 20-year-later sequel. <laughs> no, it's just Gremlins. The original Joe Dante. Classic. Zach Galligan. Um, classic. And then uh, the following week of Christmas is The Room in Rocky Horror Picture Show. So <laughs> Nice. Right I on. knew it. Who yeah. could have foreseen that? Knew it. If I just say it once every like three or four times, I'm going to be right. <laughs> Um, but I'm even more excited for New Year's Eve weekend, which has the Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, nice. Mm, so I'll nice. go check that again. I've seen it there before, but it never hurts to see that movie. In oh, no, no. That's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Ryan, Ryan, since you're a cop, can I bring you, and then you can dress up in a cool 40s detective outfit, and you can go tunes and <laughs> just get angry at everybody. No, I'd rather be the weasels. You want to be the weasels? Oh, right on. Cool. Which uh, one? Uh, I love the um, the leader, because I, I'm actually one of my most favorite parts is when they come in and they're looking for Roger yeah. and he's holding him underneath a dish soap, <laughs> uh, dishwater, and he comes and he says, step out of line, Valiant, and we'll hang you and your laundry out to dry. 
Let's go, boys. <laughs> I, do, I love that line that Hoskins gives where he's just like, somebody ought to wash out your mouth and just shove <laughs> soap in his mouth. One weird thing, though, the thumbnail they chose to advertise the showing is, um, what's her name, with Eddie Valiant, but Eddie Valiant's in the mirror with his shirt off? <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit, yeah. Like, no Roger Rabbit? Like, there's just tons of stills for that. That's a they interesting know it, yeah. They know it sells that movie. Jessica Rabbit <laughs> and a shirtless Bob Hoskins. She's not bad. She's just drawn that That's way. That's what they quoted at the top, too. And actually, uh, I'll mention it, too. January 10th and 11th, uh, that following weekend, is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Um, and there's also, like, a Pee-wee's Big Adventure rolling road show going yeah. on uh, at the Paramount. Paul Rubens. Yeah, I think in April. So, I didn't see the prices because I saw it announced. And I was like, I wonder how much it is. Yeah, it can't be cheap. It's probably over 50 no, yeah, bucks. Totally. So, but hey, how often do you get to meet Paul Rubens? Oh, uh, never. You said the secret word, Rubens. Hopefully, as long as I don't see him in a theater. Hey-o! <laughs> well, he is playing at the Paramount, so. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> as long as he doesn't sit next to in me. the back. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure his lights around. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on around town. Awesome. We got a blurb from Corinne. A blurb? Let's see what's happening. Hey, nerds, it's Corinne. Uh, still on a break from catching the classics, but since I wasn't able to make it to the episode this weekend, I just wanted to check in with the, all of you and the listeners at home and just uh, let you know that I've been watching some more movies recently. I mean, it's kind of like the thing that we do on the show. <laughs> um, I went to see Jojo Rabbit again. It's really, really fucking good. <laughs> Um, I really highly recommend that everybody goes out to see it if you haven't already. Um, it's just such a well done movie and it's like, it's, it's like a great mixture of like happy, but sad. And it's like this kind of like bittersweet thing going on. It's, it's just a wonderful story and I love all the characters in it. So go see Jojo Rabbit if you haven't already. The other movie I wanted to talk about with you guys is Parasite. I went to see it this week, and don't want to say anything too specific about it, but um, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it was definitely a really well-made movie, but it's also, like, really weird. It's just, it's, yeah, I don't know how to, without giving anything away or, like, talking about it, like, in detail... Um, it's a movie that I was intrigued by and that I appreciate and respect, but I don't know if I really, like, enjoyed it. Like, I guess I was, you know, interested to kind of see, you know, be taken along on this ride, but I don't know. Yeah, like, the whole way that it ended, I was just kind of like, what, what, what? Okay. That was a thing that happened. And I gotta say, because some of you nerds saw the movie, so you, you'll know what I'm talking about, but, uh, and I'm trying to be vague on purpose here, because I know some people haven't seen it, but that shot with the face, you guys know what I'm talking about. Fucking creepy. Um, they got the 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 perfect person for that like what must the cast the casting description been like get someone who has like the creepiest face ever <laughs> um yeah so 
I don't know if I'd recommend people see it. I guess if you're just kind of intrigued enough with like kind of word of mouth about it, like I was, then it's probably worth checking out. But if you if you can live with never seeing this Korean language drama, comedy drama, I don't know how you would cl- classify this thing. This this movie that has subtitles, which I know some people don't like going to movies and reading. It's like, wow, it's super hard to read. Um, but yeah, if you can, if you can stand subtitles, I think it's, it's probably worth seeing, but it's, it's one of those things that it's hard to recommend because it's just so bizarre that I can't just like generally say like, you'll like this movie. It's great. Or you won't like this movie. It sucks. Because it's like, again, it's, well made, but it's clearly not for everybody. So, but yeah, the, that, that was a movie that I saw. Um, um, also wanted to say real quick, the Mandalorian, the new episode came out, episode six. It's awesome. I still love the show. I know people online are complaining about how it's episodic and it's self-contained or whatever bullshit, and it's like, shut up, these people are stupid. <sighs> Not everything has to be serialized, you fuck faces. Sorry, Carol, I shouldn't curse like that. <laughs> anyway, so, hope you all had a great time seeing Black Christmas. Yeah, it's a good thing I'm not on this episode, because y'all know how I feel about horror movies. Okay. Talk to you all. I will probably call in next week. I'll be out of town seeing my family for Christmas. But we are definitely going to go see Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, as you nerds know. And uh, I will probably call in from there to share my thoughts. So we'll send you those next week. Hope you and all the listeners are having a good one and enjoy your holidays. Bye! Wow, thanks, Corinne, for sending something in, as always. Um, I don't think she'll be here next week. I think she's seeing Star Wars with her family. So she'll be out of town. She'll be out of town. Right on. I yeah. think we, we might have a guest, though. Yeah? Alex Wilmer might be back. Oh. Let's talk about Star Wars. Right on. Cool. Cool. And good on her for watching Parasite. Yeah. Parasite, uh, Parasite's a bomb. Yeah, it doesn't seem like her cup of tea, but you know what? You never know. Hey, she, she went out and supported it by going yep. to see it, so I'm down with that. Also, when you said the blurb, I was just going in my head, Chuck Russell's the blurb. Yes. <laughs> Starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't know, words. Giant words. The blurb. Nothing can stop the blurb. <laughs> <laughs> it's going on too long. This might be a blog now. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Grin. Yeah, as always. Zach, what's happening in Tinseltown? It's real news. Uh, looks like Jason Bateman's going to be joining the uh, directorial ring by giving us a little uh, isolated thriller called Shut In. Um, Didn't he direct something already? Yeah, he did. Um, Bad Words? Bad Words. Bad Words, yeah. that's right, yeah. So yeah. Um, now he's joining the horror ring. So nice. That'll be fun. I like um, Jason Bateman. I completely forgot he directed Bad Words. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And he directed a lot of episodes of uh, Arrested Development, too. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe even Ozark, for all I yeah. know. I don't yeah. watch it. Sounds like a thing he would do. He's um, been around for so long, you forget he's only like 40, like 8 or something. Oh, yeah. Him, him and his sister have been around for ages. Um, you know what she's done recently? I don't know what she's done recently, but I know she was. Uh, she had a fun part on Arrested Development Season 3. Yeah, because uh, her brother's a producer and <laughs> yeah, lead actor on so. it. 
she was give him a job. Uh, HBO Max is going to develop a Griswold series uh, based on the Vacation franchise. Um, in, in other news, I want them to stop. Is it Ed trying. Helms's or is it going to be uh, Chevy Chase? Oh, wait. It can't be Chevy Chase. No one can work with him. Uh, it just – well, that's true. Absolutely. Uh, it says that Johnny Galecki is executive producing it, and he was in Christmas Vacation as uh, Young Rusty. So it mm-hmm. uh, doesn't really give much info other than it will explore their daily lives in the suburbs of Chicago, which I'm like – so it's they're not on vacation. So it's just the Griswolds. <laughs> Every day's a vacation at the Griswold household. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are the wacky Griswolds going to get into next? Kids, you noticing this daily occurrence? <laughs> Roll it up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch the Ed Helms one. I did. Uh, it, any it worth my time at all? I don't remember most of it. Okay, well then that is a good clue. I think Chris Hemsworth was in it, though. Okay. Well, yeah, no, he played a southern guy or something. I remember him from the trailer. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I kind of wish they'd leave the Grizzolds alone. There's uh, two perfectly good movies and uh, one okay movie and one terrible one. So try to guess which ones I'm talking about. Uh, we got a trailer for season 10 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it looks like a lot of good old Larry David being a jackass fun. <laughs> so uh, if you're a fan of Curb, which my dad and I are, we will be watching along with all you other fans. Does a good Bertie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he doing it again now? Yeah, that the... he was on Saturday Night Live I think a couple weeks ago. Oh, right on. The most important thing is single care health plan. <laughs> <laughs> and the people in Washington, they don't want... That's my Bernie Sanders. Right on. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, hey, guys, remember when we saw a Power Rangers movie not too long ago? Yeah. Like, yeah. Virtually not too long ago? Uh, we're getting another one. Uh, and... You know, Amy Jo Johnson from Power Rangers hugged me. I know. I fulfilled a lot of like, my age's kids' dreams. Yeah. And you're not She's even a very a, nice lady. And you're not even a fan. That's the I'm not. Thing. Maybe that's why she liked me. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I feel safe around this Yeah, way. it's like, he, he's not going to act weird. You're not going to ask She's me. a wonderful... Actually, she's a really nice lady. Yeah. One of, her, Kevin Conroy, and Alan Tudyk were the only panels I've been to where they were early. Really? Yeah. Okay. Bonnie Wright wasn't early? No. Well, I mean, I guess early if they're there before the panel starts but she literally i only know this because i was running behind because i had to run all the way across the convention hall and normally you're supposed to take the elevator uh on the main stage stuff right i uh didn't i went through this auditorium and i jumped up on stage and ran in the back no one stopped me (laughs) and uh as i was walking around the back the lady who's in charge back there i forget her name she's really nice and she likes me a lot because i'm always there she was freaking out about where i was at and I told her, I said, relax, I will always be here. <laughs> and I was. And when I told her that, then Bonnie Wright came around the corner. So no one knows. No one's the wiser. And then they handed you your diamond-studded mic and you unsheathed yes. it. <laughs> yes. Get ready to rock. Well, you know, I do know that this why the celebrities like that I do panels is because I never – my openings, I just introduce them. I don't make it about me. Right on. You know, because who cares? Yeah. Because then I get to hug people like Amy Jo Johnson yeah. or James Marsters played Spike on Buffy and uh, he hugged me and he's the best smelling human I've ever hugged. <laughs> I have heard a rumor that he smells yeah. amazing. He does. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time hearing of it. Really? So let me set the scene up for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this Power Rangers reboot, uh, it's going to be handled by Jonathan Entwistle, who's uh, the creator of End of the Fucking World on Netflix, uh, which I have not seen. Uh, There's but, like 800 new shows on Netflix. Every time I turn it on, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Hey, guys, by the way, did you watch my new Netflix show? It's called Zach Just Looks at Shit. 
Boring. Uh, you know what? Surprisingly, I compete with Marie Kondo for numbers of views. I bet all so. that shit's old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's old. That's old. That's kind of old. <laughs> um, anyway. uh, Zach sees like a dog in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> I, much like a dog, have no color color vision whatsoever. Um so, uh, you guys, or, right. Whoa, what do you mean by you guys? I mean, you guys in the room right now. Uh, at least one of you's watching Mandalorian, right? Yeah, or that's awesome. Uh, Baby Yoda, big sensation and whatnot. Uh, I guess the toys will be coming in spring 2020, uh, yep. because they didn't, uh, anticipate the success of an well, adorable Yoda. Also, they didn't want to spoil it, so they purposely did not produce any toys for it. And this was John, John Favreau said you can't make toys. Hmm. And they're behind it because it is a pretty cool like reveal at the end of the first episode. It reminds Brad, me. Brad, who hasn't seen it, and now it's spoiled for you. Yeah. I mean, the internet probably spoiled Oh, the yeah. show's not that deep, so it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's about a bounty hunter and just. It's not. A, uh, it's a Hearst episodic, so it's not like there's a. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Storyline. I mean, really you literally could. Pick it up anywhere. Pick it up pretty much anywhere. Yeah. I mean, there is there is a th- common thread throughout it, but you wouldn't be lost if you started on episode four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you know what? I haven't heard anything about this and I wish they would do this to see if they could repeat history as do the empty box campaign for a baby Yoda, um, for the original star Wars, they didn't have the action figures in time. So they sold kids mm. a box and you got the figures later. That box is really valuable now. I know. I was on, I watched American pickers where they offered a dude like $3,000 for it because it was like in pristine condition you remember comic book men had one too at yeah. one point i don't remember what the value was, i don't remember but, either oh, and the toys that made us the star wars episode they talk about that boba fett's um figure prototype prototype yeah. from yeah. that thing uh in the star wars news uh it, this is just a quick little burb uh jj abrams wants the original cuts like all, all the rest of us so uh, what he's not <laughs> we're not alone guys we have support from it's like, almost one of the like media figures ever planning this where let's see last jedi comes out probably in april mm-hmm. well last um, jedi's already i out. mean uh <laughs> rise of skywalker comes out in april hmm i wonder if they're gonna put something else out well the end of the skywalker saga how could you tie it all together on 4k <laughs> this is the quote that abrams gave though and uh it sounds not too promising i've been told that for reasons i don't quite understand that that's not necessarily possible uh, and he added what George, uh, the cuts, the new cuts are what George Lucas wanted and that he respects that. But he says that there's something about those original theatrical versions that for so many people was what they loved. So, well, you know, they exist because there's a, they're a bonus feature on it. There's a whole DVD release of them. Yeah. yeah. I think the question is, um, when he did the special editions, did he completely alter the original negatives? Because the ones that he put on those bonus discs are from the laser disc uh, well, print. But I mean, I'm, I guarantee you, they can find them. I, I they they have found Oswald the Lucky Rabbit prints. Yeah, I, I guarantee they exist somewhere. Oh, I'm sure they do. I just think George Lucas is insisting that while he's alive, we don't see them. And the CGI doesn't get stamped on the film yeah. negatives. So right. yeah, I'm sure they could go back and they really wanted to. Yeah. Have you got you guys seen the People versus George Lucas? Right. Mm-mm. Some person, uh, it's a documentary about you know the fandom versus George Lucas. There's a guy who was petitioning to get those cuts released, and the PR from Lucasfilm responded with uh, that they had the, those prints had been forever altered, but then said that they would be released as a bonus feature on those discs that you're talking about. So Lucasfilm never seemed to get its story straight when it came to those. So mm. as you're saying, probably out there. 
Yeah, I'm sure they exist. Um, uh, we got some release dates for a bunch of Warner Brothers films. Among them were like stuff like The Flash. What about a Warner Brothers ball cap? You, you got to. I don't. I want to watch Warner Brothers, Brothers movie without Warner Brothers ball cap. Yeah. So how am I supposed to even enjoy The Flash? Um, you know, never. And so then you don't get to see The Matrix Four either. But you could probably watch John Wick uh, Chapter Four that day because they're both coming out the same day. This seems like a weird cannibalization process for uh, two different studios. But uh, on the bright side, it's Keanu Reeves Day. So if we can find a way to get Bill and Ted save the, face the music on that same day, it will truly be an epic day. Would probably be the best day of anybody's life. Remember when people were like annoyed that that guy couldn't act, and now they can't wait for his next movies. He still can't act, and <laughs> he can act fine. He can act in action. Yeah, I mean, but... I am in the FBI. Whoa. Whoa. Dracula. Whoa. I'm Duke Kaboom. <laughs> Actually, he is pretty good. Canada's greatest stuntman. <laughs> Actually, you should go to Best Buy. I, um, for our city Christmas bonus is like, oh, here's $100. You're like, oh, cool. Thanks. Uh, anyways, so uh, Best Buy, the Disney 4K steelbooks are like $10. Mm. So I got cars, and then I got, well, Cars is ten dollars. Everything else was four. Most of them were fourteen. Uh, Princess and the Frog. The Denver West one, I'm assuming. Um, I was to? at Belmar, so was, I got. Was this Black Friday? Ten dollars. Yeah, cars. This week. Cars still book ten dollars. The other ones are at fourteen dollars. Like uh, not all of them, but the the other ones have dropped to like Inside Out's nineteen dollars. I got um, Cars for ten. Princess and the Frog for fifteen. Zootopia for fifteen. I'm seeing it for twenty, but it's still really good for a steel book. This cars one? Inside out is twenty. Oh yeah, inside out's nineteen. So uh look up the Princess and the Frog, Moana, um The First Cars. Which is ten dollars. Yeah, it's ten dollars. Yeah, I wonder why. Wow. <laughs> yep, fifteen bucks. Yeah. And I mean like the car like the cars steel books are really cute. <laughs> hilarious that's actually a better price than black friday <laughs> i know i like i didn't even know i only went there because uh yesterday i had to go down because uh laura had to study and yeah cars is 10 bucks yeah i think cars 2 is still like 24 like not yeah. all of them are it's like very select titles they must be not selling this very well but like moana and um yeah i got zootopia that was 15 Ooh. and 4k and i really i haven't seen a traditional 2d animation in 4k mm-hmm. so that's why i got the princess and the frogs is 15 dollars. i'm like eh, might as well yeah no that's a good that's a good get man. yeah if you can get it um figures i stopped collecting the steel books for disney stuff and yeah they're the best deals right now well, anyway well some of them like the cars ones are really cute because they look like the toy story ones um the zootopia one's okay um the princess and the frog is actually like 3d it's kind of interesting like they the mirror in the middle is um indented hmm. um that's interesting. I've never seen that in a steelbook before. Yeah. So. Cool. cool. But yeah. And then the last piece of news that I have uh, is we had uh, a loss this week. Danny Aiello passed away. Uh, he did a lot of stuff. He's that guy. He's like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, amongst his credits are The Purple Rose of Cairo, The Professional, Radio Days, City Hall, Two Days in the Valley, Hudson Hawk. Uh, but uh, Fifi, Ball Ball. <laughs> the movie's garbage, but they're putting it out in one of those VHS retro ones, and, and it's you, only seven dollars. Like, Should I get that? Would you watch it again, or maybe? Have you seen Sean is Cunningham, uh, Cunningham's The New Kids? No, it's one of those retro ones too. Is it? Mm. It was have only you, like ten bucks. I was like, it? no. I was, I was curious about it though because it was Sean Cunningham. Yeah, 
Because uh, he's not a very good director. But the, the, <laughs> the description of the movie is just that um, it's there's like a street gang in town, and this girl moves to the town, and the guys from the gangs are like fighting over her. Cool. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Love That's it. it. Nice. And then this, the street gang start wrecking the town. Right on. Uh, but yeah, I guess out of the the two most recognizable uh, roles for Danny Aiello in terms of the broad general public are Moonstruck and uh, Do the Right Thing, uh, for which he got an Oscar nomination mm-hmm. for. So, uh, and uh, actually, the one white guy in Do the Right Thing that's not an asshole. Yeah, yeah, uh, actually, yeah, because John Turturro and um, well, no, the the younger brother is. Uh, that was a Spike is, Lee joke, Zach. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. <laughs> no, I mean, because you're you're not. You're not wrong. I'm not totally wrong. <laughs> I know that. But, um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, he's wonderful in that film. I like him in Moonstruck as well. Oh, yeah, no, Moonstruck's, um, Moonstruck's one of those movies where you don't think you'd like because the cover art's awful because it's Cher in front of a moon. Yeah, but then you realize it's a movie about, like, toxic relation, not yeah. toxic relationship and just, like, people yelling at That's each like other. That's like a Nick Cage performance that's pretty fun. And he's not totally crazy in it, you know what I mean? Well, this is before he was dialed up to 11 for De Palma. I still keep on waiting for Soap Dish to be on Blu-ray. Why can't I get that on Blu-ray? Hmm. Was it it a big hit? I don't think so, but I mean, it has Robert Downey Jr., Oprah Winfrey, I mean, uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Sally Field. There's like really like lots of big people in it. Maybe that's something that Shad will pick up at some point. They should. Um, I keep on saying it. Hopefully one day it'll come true. Yeah. That and, you know, Last Action Hero in 4K with a two-hour making of and we, we, there's we want a lot of things we talked about this this mm-hmm. week like we want certain collections to drop in price we want certain films to get their yeah. proper due and uh but so it goes but uh but yeah i actually you know when we did 89 film explosion i rewatched do the right thing and i, I he's great in that movie and actually in radio days he has a fun role where he's um uh playing a gangster who yeah. really wants to be a nice guy and it's so it's he he had a great versatility but uh we will miss him and that's news unless i missed anything nope blu-rays come out every week they do they do tuesdays sometimes fridays dvd releases and blu-rays so i got a family guy like season 17 and i picked it up from my p.o box and i opened it and it like poured out plastic like, I don't know how they, I think the post office people are like, fuck you. And they just like <laughs> jammed it in there. So like clipped apart. Oh, and, like totally shattered. Oh, okay. I thought it meant like liquid plastic. That's, like, no. Weird. Like just shattered. Yeah. Do you, have you guys, did you guys read the article about like, so remember when Avenger, uh, the MCU had their like big super deluxe mm-hmm. edition to come up on Best Buy? I guess it got shipped and a bunch of people noticed like a bunch of like damage from the shipping and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Like the well, blue. you know why I don't order stuff from Best Buy like that is because Brad had horrible luck with his stuff. So, yeah, yeah, still books always came so when I get like still books at Best Buy for the Marvel stuff I know is going to sell out, I, I pre-order them and I, but I don't do it till the, like an hour before the store opens. Mm-hmm. So they go pull it off the shelf. Yeah. Um, I was lucky when I got my end game one through the mail. Cause mm. that was the only way to get it. And mm. luckily no damage, but uh, not, not always the case uh, this week though. Uh, Ryan, I know this will be right up your alley. Um, it, it, it involves Gary Busey and some fireworks to kids. Nice. It's silver bullet coming right. out to uh, Blu-ray via stream factory. Yeah, I don't know. I'm torn on that one. Cause I got the umbrella one. I think it was from last year mm-hmm. and I did read the screen factory has a review on Blu-ray.com. There's a lot of bonus features on it. New or yeah. Oh. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn on that one. Does it have one with Gary Busey? No. I don't and think it, he really does stuff anymore. Yeah. I tell you, I'm writing a movie. In a movie. It's about a wolf. It's about a kid. And I got to save him. At first, I don't believe him. Oh, that's my Gary Busey. Hello, <laughs> you're Springsteen. Back back when I used to wear motorcycle helmets, <laughs> I, I didn't believe it. But now no, I don't Bruce wear it. Now I believe more like this. This song's about a, a boy. He lived in a small town and he's terrorized by a wolf. And in order to help, help me sing this and song. And spoiler alert, <laughs> is the pastor. <laughs> here to help me sing this song is my friend Gary Busey. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Sound like Paul Lind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little Paul Lind. <laughs> Gary, you might not know this about Gary, but he played Buddy Holly. <laughs> then he got into an accident. He can't sing anymore, but he's going to give it a shot. It's <laughs> a lot of God. Um, uh, on the new front, though, uh, Ad Astra is coming out on 4K and Blu-ray. Oh God, movie's so boring. Uh, if it didn't look so great, I would have not even given it. I think I gave it three stars because it looked really cool. Mm. But then you realize it, it's one of those movies that it's trying to be sci-fi but it's really pretentious mm. you know you oh, this sucks where even something like gravity which i wasn't a big fan of everybody else liked but i could still see you know yeah there's there's there's, a, there's, there's entertainment in it there's a commonality to it yeah. have you watched high life yet with uh pattinson it's kind of no. like a horror sci-fi ish no. the problem is why and why i wouldn't recommend it to you necessarily is because it's uh it, it goes on the on the high end the falutin end but it might be worth watching. It's not that long either. Yeah, one day. Uh, and then Rambo: Last Blood in 4K is coming out. Uh, you guys can check that out. Looks you like know, they they killed my niece. You know, <laughs> so I went there and I fucking killed them too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Does it is his niece or is it just the girl he takes care of? I yeah, can't remember. Yeah. Uh, it's his caretaker's like granddaughter, right? Granddaughter. Yeah. 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 I mean, there is a shocking twist in it. You know. I was watching Home Alone, and I was like, this would be a great home Rambo movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? I just need more violence and less pushy, and we got it. You know what? I looked at that Macaulay Culkin and said, I said, he's a cold-blooded murderer. <laughs> Rambo set traps in the first Blood movie. Why can't I do it again? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. He did do a callback to that. I mean, yeah. if we call yeah. Last Blood, why don't I recall the first one? That might be a 4K. I'll wait. That's like $10. I'm waiting for like the whole Rambo oh, yeah, that'd set. that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet they did. Yeah. Well, I was torn at Best Buy, so I got the disney stuff because it's cheap but with my bonus i could have got the steel books like batman 4k set that they have the avengers set yeah well, i guess it's at 150 yeah but i don't need that one because i have um, the avengers target has the batman beyond without the, like the premium mm. uh it's still like 70 bucks but it's not the funko pop packaging so it's not bad yeah pretty nice. i know i like two of those movies so it's like really hard to buy oh, the it. batman ones yeah yeah Wait, do they have the individual steelbooks? Or yeah. That? Oh, okay. So, so I like, meant that whole set. No, so like it's a steelbook set just for Best Buy, and it's wrapped in like steel as well. It's actually pretty nice, but um, I didn't get it. It's $85 right now. I think it's $10 off right now. It's the Batman anthology? Yeah. It's like the Avengers set. It's like yeah, 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 but it's yeah. with Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I'll link to it. Yeah. <laughs> We have some more Scream Factory releases. Uh, Universal Horror Collection Volume Four, Volume mm. Three is coming out. Uh, you can get in this collection: Tower of London, Man Made Monster, uh, The Black Cat, which is a 1940 movie that has the same title as the other one, and Horror Island. Um, horror Island? Ho- <laughs> the fuck you, dead horror. 
island. Oh, yeah. well, I think horror island. <laughs> Help me! Are... I'm being fucked by this island. They're fucking me to death. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the Futurama episode. I was actually reminded me of Kurt Russell in that in Imagination Land of South Park. Like they're hurting us. <laughs> so you could have a scene where this chick's riding a dude, and she like rides him so much that he like splits in half. Ah. Duh. <laughs> Be a, a, done. I don't think Universal would have been able to get away with that back in the 30s or 40s. Meh. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what they made in the back room. Uh, but I will tell you, Tower of London, now that's a that's a fun little horror film from back in the day. You know, Brad, I think a way for you to break out in your <laughs> filmmaking career is not necessarily that, but we should make a horror film so over the top that people have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, was, I was thinking of this the other day. Like you could have, I really want to make like a, well, because I saw Black Christmas. So I want to see, see like a slasher movie that's hardcore again. So I was thinking like the slasher dude like rips some dude's arms off. And when he rips them off, the bone is still sticking out. And then he sticks them like in his head and the eyeballs pop out. You know, just make it totally. The stage is for and like pushes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I want like the mass killer to be like some unstoppable killer again. I miss yeah. that stuff. Yeah, you no, know, no grandfathers like in Halloween. <laughs> no, I don't mind. Hal- I mean, Halloween is that, a nice. That, that would do well, good. you could have like just an average guy get like injected with like a black sludge serum, and then yes. they could become a superhuman. Totally. Yeah. Wait a minute, that's a great idea. <laughs> oh, I'm writing it down. Wait, wait a minute. I think Tom Hardy might have been in a movie like that. What did he do? Black sludge invades his body. Uh, there was a scene where he was drunk. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure they'll make a sequel to it with Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but no, I like this idea, especially if you were to stick bones through somebody's eyeballs. Because, you know, you can poison his body like a venom. You know, because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm just thinking about, you know, you're talking about Tammy and the T-Rex and how that movie is still going <laughs> because it's so over the top. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Just be, make it so fucking insane. People don't even know what we're doing. And just build yeah. the reputation over time. We can only screen it at midnight. It's like yep. once a year. Yep. <laughs> Done. Sweet. Um, another Scream Factory is Murders in the Rue Morgue with mm. Bella Lugosi. This one is actually one I've been waiting that for, is a good one. for a while because it's, it's uh, the film was directed by Robert Flory, who was supposed to do Frankenstein, but then James Whale did Frankenstein because uh, Universal was jumbling everything around. Uh, also, you can get the 30th anniversary of Look Who's Talking, so Henry can pick that up. Uh, uh, then there's a release of The Cable Guy. Oh, I um, would get that. Yeah, it's an underrated. I actually think ben it's Stiller book. way ahead of its time. Oh yeah, because at the end, Jim Carrey has that monologue where he talks about how cable will be in everybody's um, living room at the touch of a finger, so on demand streaming. Yeah, I've seen this in the nineties. So. And one of my most favorite uh, background things ever is uh, so you know it's directed by Ben Stiller and he plays basically the Menendez brothers in a trial. And they say, he's like, oh, my God, my twin brother's been shot. I think it was an Asian gang or something. They were speaking another language. I'm pretty sure it was Asian. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I haven't seen that movie in years. Yeah, I mean, you know, I gotcha. don't remember that at all. I remember, like, the Medieval Times part. Yeah, but I think I looked. It's one of those universal catalog titles that's, that's like, $24. Yep. It's really expensive for no bonus features. It's why I haven't gotten Radioland murdered mm. yet. Uh, but, uh, and or gods and monsters, uh, cause Lionsgate. Listen, hear that, uh, real nerds listeners. I really want that movie. Send it, please. Yeah. <laughs> send it over. Is it Fox? No, it's universal. Uh, I really love uh, Sony. Sony. I really love your products. I mean, I have, a, I have every PlayStation. You should send it to me. I'll review it. I saw the emoji movie five times. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Lie, lie, Ryan. You've got to lie. No, I'm an honest person. Okay. I, I saw it three times. And Ryan's, <laughs> Ryan's legit. Warner Archive. Uh, yeah, like, that is appreciates true. Appreciates his reviews. They I do. Know. Actually, they do. You know, they they last year they did the Porky Pig one, and that one got the most traction of anything we've ever 
posted. They're actually really nice people. Yep. Yeah. They always post like, like retweet my stuff. Yeah. So I'm just saying, Warner Archive, if you could put yeah. the horn blows at midnight on Blu-ray for me, <laughs> it would make the Jack Benny fan in me very happy. Um, <laughs> They're like, that's not even worth it because one person will buy this on demand. We don't even want the file space for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll say, like, fine, then you're getting 500 more letters every day. <laughs> um, also, Downton Abbey, the motion picture is coming out uh, with, with complimentary tea and biscuits provided with every purchase. Nice. You know, I forgot that came out this year. And it made like $100 million. Yeah. Quiet sleeper hit. Well, there were fans of that show. Oh, no, it's a huge show. I mean, I just never intrigued me. James saw it, and I believe he said he liked it. I can't remember. Uh, Probably like the tea. uh, And then uh, this is uh, one that's coming out. I don't know if it's a reissue or not, but uh, Guide to Recognizing Your Saints with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, no, that's on Blu-ray for the first time. Okay, right on. Uh, First time, really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, MVD Visual, so you can check that out if you'd like. maybe first time special edition? Probably special edition, because I think I rented it. Like on when Netflix was doing Blu-rays. I don't think it's been on Blu-ray. I don't know. I have the DVD. I'm pretty sure if it was on Blu-ray, I would have mm. gotten it. Yeah. And then the last thing that uh, I see. He's good up... in that movie. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. He's really good in that movie. Who else is in it? I can't remember. Did you like that movie? I don't remember. Channing Tatum's really. in it. I think I remember it being good, but I don't remember really. It's like him going. He, it's actually like a true story about the writer director is was in a. It's like, like a, life in. Like, like a New bad York part of town. Yeah. yeah. And George, uh, Robert Downey Jr. goes back playing the older version of him and he like reminisces about his life mm-hmm. there i can't re- rosario dawson is that right rosario yeah. dawson's in yeah. there yeah. i remember who's in it i just don't remember like what the plot was yeah. something so. like that you got some shia labeefs and I think uh, the, uh yeah it just goes around recognizing saints yep michael and how to do it <laughs> what happens when Cary grant goes back to his town he recognizes the saints <laughs> what was your favorite part of angel's ashes <laughs> The ashes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last thing is, uh, if you uh, didn't see Abominable, you can watch Abominable. Yeah, I heard it was actually not bad. Not bad? Yeah, like it didn't get, actually got pretty good reviews. I think, okay. yeah. Right on. Uh, and then that is Blu-rays. We watch movies throughout the week, and evidently um, Brad has a lot, so we'll start with Brad. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Are you, Brad? Are you? A little bit. I, uh, you know, I, I wish this wasn't the case, really, because I don't want to talk about these a ton, uh, especially movies um, like... So, A Guide to Recognize Your Saints is a movie as a coming-of-age drama about a boy growing up in Astoria, New York, during the 1980s. His friends up dead, on drugs, or in prison. Yep. Okay. There you go. Makes there sense. it is. Um, okay, so I rewatched The Tuxedo with Jackie Chan. How the movie's fun. Haven't seen this in the theater. It's fun. That's about it. Yep. <laughs> uh, do you remember the plot of it? Uh, he gets, he's like a normal dude who gets the superhuman, like, tuxedo, right? Right. And but, he, but why? I don't remember. So he's a chauffeur for some That's super right. spy. That's right. And the villain is, his plan is to, is to create water that dehydrates people. That's right. Yeah. And Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it, and she's, she's attractive yes hmm. oh god i got something in my eye um okay i also rewatched 16 blocks with bruce willis remember that remind movie? me about that one with, and most deaf oh yeah there it is he has to get 16 blocks to court <laughs> and uh much of the cops the, their dirty cops chasing them yep that's that movie um so what made you want to watch so many movies this week uh i my sleep schedule is just really weird just messed up just messed up and gotcha. like just trying to pass the time in some weird areas. Um, 
So then I watched uh, The Time Machine. <laughs> part, of, part of this list is stuff I either have never seen before or stuff that I watched like once back in the early 2000s and was like, meh. It's Guy Pierce one, right? The Guy Pierce oh, one. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I remember before I watched it was the part where his fiance gets run over by a horse and buggy. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious <laughs> <laughs> um, when it happened. And, uh, yeah, then I uh, remember the rest of the movie is he goes, like, 10,000 years into the future. And the Earth is uh, just overrun with, um, you know, like a complete mixed culture. And then a subterranean, uh, like, evolved humans super race oh that's right um, yeah, I and then i fell asleep and i was like this isn't it. worth watching to figure out what happens <laughs> so certainly uh it's it's a it that's a film where or, or that's a story where i like when they did it in the original studio era not because it's the original studio era but it just seems more fit to the time yeah the guy pierce one feels like it's it's the same with league of extraordinary gentlemen where i'm just like why'd you do this <laughs> the time machine like is amazing yeah but everything else around it like the biggest question right off the bat was so he's in trouble with his fiance like he's he's completely forgetful absent-minded yeah um he has to go meet her for some date and then he gives her this ring which is stressed that it like it was really hard for him to get her a ring to propose mm-hmm but he does all of his science stuff in the super mansion with just this, like packed with stuff. Like he looks really wealthy. I think it was hard in the sense that he just wouldn't have found the time to find it that suddenly. I don't know. Time did he seem s- like it, it seems like because when they get robbed for it and like don't give up the ring, like yeah. it seems like he's wealthy enough to just buy another one. Every now and then you should have put a ring on it. Like it's not a big deal. Oh, just, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Maybe don't get shot over it. Like, just get another one. Um, so, a little, yeah. If you like it, if don't get if they, shot. If they had over. made him like a like a down as look uh, poor character that's like really struggling to make this time machine and like struggling to provide for her, right? Then it would make more sense. Like, but you know, it just seems like a wealthy dude who has a run of bad luck and yeah. But how how can you be struggling and yet build the most elaborate time machine ever? So yeah, so I'm saying like redo the story so it seems like yeah. he has the idea. He just doesn't have, doesn't have the means for it. Yeah, like Doc Brown in uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, Ma- a way Ma- more believable time travel movie. Exactly. For me. And and he predicted a pre- presidential cabinet that sounded hilarious. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, anyway, dope. I can redeem my Disney Movie Insider points for a wallpaper theme. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Totally. Um. I've continued uh, going back and watching some of the Shane Black movies from the 90s, like nice. The Long Kiss Goodnight. People people told me that was a good one. I like it. <laughs> I think it's good. It's I not great. It was, it was so, like, just... Re- Stop messaging me. Uh, Worse than Last Boy Scout? Not as bad as Last Boy Scout, but still just, like, goofy as hell in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's balancing the assassin story with the mom story. I I would say that um, Shane Black is really fun most of the time. Like, I, re- I rewatched The Nice Guys shortly after that. I didn't put on this list because uh, <laughs> we've talked about it enough. But, like, that seemed like a really, like, everything's reined in. Everything makes sense. Everything's, like, really controlled yeah. and specific. This just, like, Last Boy Scout in this movie just seemed, like, really off the rails. Like, hey, I've got a great idea. Let's just do it. Mm. And not really think about the consequences of it. Especially, like, the bombastic 
like car chase at the end on the bridge and um but it's Rennie Harlan directing it so of course right. it will happen so it's not really his directing it's just a script but even the lines are like goofy in places i don't know yeah and i'm not sure what tony scott's deal was with the uh, last boy he's dead well <laughs> he's really depressed when he made that movie he wasn't <laughs> maybe that's why yeah it's like people didn't like the last boy scout <laughs> fuck you oh. <laughs> he made true romance that movie's great um i also no, watched great must have made top gun yeah for the first time beavis and butthead do america <laughs> Did you, for the first time the first time um How'd which you like it? it was funny in places like yeah. it's not like the animation is not going to blow you away or um the stories you know they've need a new tv so they just haphazardly <laughs> stumble across america trying to find ways to get a new tv and then oh, like trying to bang this one girl because they think you're gonna get a tv out of it um but the f- amazing thing was like i didn't realize the like the one bad guy was bruce willis yeah and the, doing a southern accent and the woman is demi moore and demi moore yeah were that was interesting but they went uncredited i believe yeah. Um, well, they're on IMDb because I had to look it up. Yeah. No, I mean, in the end, in the end credits. Oh, yeah. Greg listening. Kinnear wasn't credited for sure. Yeah. They have that. Because I was like, that's not like Greg Kinnear. But yeah. yeah. Um, I like that. But yeah, it's, it's funny in places. Like, it, it seems like the dumbest thing, but uh, like when they were walking through the desert, <laughs> but it's just like, someone should put a drinking fountain out here. <laughs> <laughs> Desert's stupid. <laughs> I love jokes like that. I yeah. love, because I think those are more clever a lot of times than... You know, people who think Joe, I don't know, yeah. where it's so dumb that it's funny. I think it takes a lot of talent. I love Cloris Leachman as the old lady that um, uh, Beavis uh, steals pills from. And yeah. that's when he becomes Cornholio and <laughs> breaks into the cockpit. I am Cornholio. <laughs> Actually, animation wise, there's that one sequence where Beavis is like tripping out in the desert after eating that mushroom. It's like animated, like a really. You know who directed well, it, right? That, that scene? That sequence? Rob Zombie. That was his first directing gig. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's really artistically impressive. Yeah. Um, and then he made 31. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun, but yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. That's I okay. mean, who's looking for a smart Beavis and Butthead? Yeah. Movie? I mean, the name alone is, should yeah. tell you. Beavis and Butthead do America should. I ex- What's your name? First name, Butt. Last name, Head. <laughs> I extend my deepest thanks. He said extend. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where am I? Oh yeah, I watched Panic Room for the first time, and uh, I keep forgetting it's a Fincher movie. Yeah, I mean it's well directed. Yeah, yeah. it's well directed. Um, but it's also like this single mom gets that huge brownstone mansion, and like it doesn't yeah. seem that big from the outside. Like it looks good, but it doesn't feel like a Fincher movie. Like I don't know, it's a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. But it, it still has his vision in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks good. Yeah. And yeah. I, was, I was surprised, like, how small the story is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's, it's about they're trapped in a pant room. How big could it really be? But I was just surprised. Like, it's, you know, it's pretty, it's it's pretty long. It's Stewart's but first also, movie, too, I think. Yeah, she's yeah. the kid. Yeah. Um, I have so much, like, useless trivia in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker's the, the good thief. Um, yeah. Jodie Foster's the good mom. Macaulay Culkin is the good son. <laughs> um, I watched uh, A Night at the Roxbury for the first time since, like, Yeah, I watched that recently, 90s. too. Like, it's not that good. No. Uh, like, I remember coming out of the theater and being like, that wasn't funny. Um, I, but I figured, like, maybe I missed it, some, like, something. And no, it's, like, there's a couple funny parts, like, how dumb they are. But overall, like, 
the plot is just like what that's what they went with like i would have been because so the plot of the movie is um their brothers and their dad owns a a fake plant shop Mm -hmm. and he wants to merge with the lamp store next door and the guy who runs the lamp store has a daughter molly shannon and like they want the families to merge and become like a lamp fake plant empire. <laughs> um, but the boys just want to like go clubbing. I mean, the boys have their own idea for a club where <laughs> the inside is the outside and the outside is the inside. Um, I was just like, why don't they just make a movie about like, they can't get into clubs. So they just decide to make their own club. And so all the, you know, trials and pitfalls of making your own club instead of like this family merger thing. Well, it's funny well, because, you know, um, Will Ferrell makes really stupid movies. <laughs> I mean, his humor comes through. I mean, even Step Brothers. I mean, I think my favorite joke in Step Brothers is when Adam Scott's up is like, yeah, you think you can get this just by laying around? He pulls up his shirt. <laughs> it's like a Ken doll. <laughs> and then he pulls his shirt back down. You can totally tell it's not him because it's all tan. It's just funny. Every once in a while, his movies are just goofy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a long stretch of like, somebody throw a pie wasn't wasn't the sketch wasn't the the sketch initially from snl like oh yeah them in a car doing this yeah going to clubs yeah okay then and just getting rejected over things superstar is better compared to night at the roxbury right i haven't seen anything good either i haven't seen in a while i like superstar that's a rough time for snl movies yeah yeah and now you see stuff where will ferrell plays will ferrell in between two ferns and it's awesome yeah Fun fact, he did a good job in the producer's remake. Yeah, he's a good actor. Wonderful job. Uh, I watched Murder at 1600, which is a Wesley Snipes fan lane. It's almost like Jack Bauer. Yeah, it is. Like an episode of 24. Yeah. Um, It was interesting. It's a little, you know. So did you just like on Netflix just go through like action adventure? I think I watched something, probably like these Shane Black movies, and it's just like other stuff from the 90s that you might Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, like you go down a rabbit hole for sure. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah. Stuff that I've like saw at mm. Blockbuster, but like, was never interested in sure. watching. But I'm like, okay, I'll give it a try now because it's totally free and yeah, uh, yeah. So, but it, God, what was it? It was all right, but it, it's like yeah, it, it's it's like an episode of 24, I which, agree. but without Kiefer Sutherland, it's, and it's cool. Yep. Um, and then uh, I watched Just Cause, which is what? Lawrence Fishburne and yep. Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, there's a african-american man who's uh wrongfully well initially wrongfully convicted of a murder of a little girl um and he's in jail he's on death row so he like reaches out to sean connery who's like a retired lawyer and i'm not gonna take this case yeah all right i'll take this case yeah it does seem sketchy and then he takes the case and um, i told you i'd take the case yeah that was all right i was a little bummed by the twist though it's like didn't really need a twist it was also like halfway through the movie they get him off like they uh, get him acquitted. It's like seems like there's more movie. There must be something up with this guy. <laughs> so it sounds like it's trying to be like Primal Fear, but it can't be Primal mm, Fear. Yeah, good yeah. call. Primal Fear is a good movie. Um, I watched Friday the Thirteenth on Friday the Thirteenth. Nice. Midnight the Squire. Uh, excuse me, Saturday the Fourteenth. Yeah, because Midnight was actually the Fourteenth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I only mention it because playing the Friday the Thirteenth game because I've only really watched the movie on. VHS and DVD, mm-hmm. so I never like watched it in really good clarity. But the, you know, they're doing a digital of probably the Blu-ray, right? HD. I have to. It's not 4K. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the production design in that movie is like whoever did the game should get like an award because the stuff in the game is crazy accurate to what's in the movie. 
like the Crystal Lake yeah. level of the game. Uh, like the cabins look right. Like there's yeah. objects in the right places. The whole like lifeguard tower. Yeah. Um, and the layout of everything. I was just like impressed. Like that's, how that's why the, the maps I was in that game. I'm pretty good at because I can recall the movies. Yeah. Um. You know, like in part four, where the the houses are in correlation to each other, mm-hmm. and that's where I know where people are hiding. Yeah. Like I was playing the game and didn't really remember the movies that well because I didn't mm-hmm. watch them well. But then watching this movie the other night, I was like, God, it's like I'm watching the game. Yeah. Is that a movie that you'd want to see a 4K of? Yeah. Why not? I I I only ask because when I rewatched it on Blu-ray, I could see a lot of the lines and the makeup. Obviously, yeah, which you're gonna. I think that's part of the charm. Yeah. But I was just like, I wonder what the 4K would In the 4K be. for Wizard of Oz, you can see the the bald caps on the munchkins. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Not that it deters. I was just curious. Cause... Yeah. And the last thing I watched uh, just before I came over here was Mean Streets, which is a Scorsese movie. Mm. Ah, oh, you just saw a Scorsese movie. Did you like it? Uh, it's like the blueprint for every Scorsese movie that came after totally. it. Yeah. Um, it's actually not that mean, I don't think. <laughs> but there's lots of streets in it. Like his other movies have been like meaner, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, and and is kind of it's impressive. That was his first like it's, Hollywood movie ish. It's technically his first real stab at it because he did a movie called Boxcar Bertha for Roger Corman, and he also directed a film called Who's That Knocking at My Door with Harvey Keitel. But I yeah. guess this would technically be. The big breakout movie? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it, for like a third movie in the 70s, like, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. And there's stuff like, oh, well, Wes Anderson gets that from that. And mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff in movies now comes like I see that in this movie. Um, but the one thing that stood out weirdly enough was someone calls someone a douchebag. Mm-hmm. I was nice. like, I didn't. I thought that was more of a modern insult. But no, yeah. it, no, it's mine. I, I invented it. It's mine. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Um, it's a good movie though but yeah it doesn't get as mean as like i think when he gets after he gets into taxi driver mode that's when he starts to be able to kind of a little darker yeah that's when he really stretches like even for like it's not really a mob movie it's just it's wise guys on the street wise guys on the street and like the whole movie is uh, really just like hey you should pay me all right give it to me next week yeah um until like robert de niro crosses the line and then just you know like yeah i am jerking you around and then yeah shit goes down there's a lot of also to do with Kaitel's like kind of crisis of like you know what yeah he's going on internally but yeah the he prim- wants to help everyone he wants to rise up in the ranks of his uncle's business but yeah other than that it's just like yeah hey you're meeting this guy and this guy and this guy and here's a little snapshot of New York in the seventies, and yeah. Well, you are forgetting that one scene where Robert De Niro is asked to join the New York Avengers. <laughs> Just kidding. Mm. Yeah. That's all I watched. Oh, not that bad. It was all new stuff. It was good. Yeah, yeah. went through it real quick. It's good. Zach, um, watched a couple of things. Um, <laughs> you did. I did watch a couple of things. Okay. Uh, I'd like to formally thank all of you for supporting my weight loss journey through fitness, cinema, and whatnot. Because I have officially lost a hundred pounds as nice. of a few days ago. So. We know, Zach. Fuck. Uh, but uh, the last fitness no, cinema. Congratulations. Oh, the last fitness cinema, though. And I'm really proud of you. <laughs> thank you. And I love you. Wait. <laughs> um, but and go the, fuck yourself. Thank you. But the last. And fit- no one cares. <laughs> the, with a. With the, yep. If you just <laughs> zip it, unveil the time portal. <laughs> um, but the fitness cinema session that I did that I got me over the line uh, was um, uh, it was a little Christmas movie called Deck the Halls from 2006. 
because uh, it was the only thing. Remind me, what's that one? So this is a movie from 2006 with Matthew Broderick and Danny That's DeVito. Right. Matthew Broderick. I got it. Matthew Broderick. Does he kill anybody in it? No, I wish. Oh, it's just in real life. I wish he did. Well, not in real life. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that story. Um, Matthew Broderick plays a man. Who's... He's a Ted Kennedy of Hollywood. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm digging really deep jokes here. Anybody I, still listening? I know. Um, but anyway, Matthew Broderick plays a guy who's very uptight and wants to, his kids to have the perfect Christmas. But guess what, guys? He's not listening to what his family needs. Uh, and meanwhile, Danny DeVito moves in across the street, and he's married to Kristen Chenoweth, which that's a wonderful couple that I want to see in other movies than this. Um, but uh, he, Danny DeVito is a guy who doesn't really like finish anything he starts, and he gets inspired to uh, have – Christmas lights that are so bright that they can be seen from space. So he starts lighting up his house like crazy, annoying the heck out of Matthew Broderick, and it becomes a battle of the neighbors. And uh, uh, there's a lot of stupid shit that goes on in there. The the weirdest of which is that Aaliyah Shawkat's in the movie, and uh, she plays Broderick's teenage daughter. And uh, she uh, does a a dance for, like, the Christmas uh, parade and whatnot that's kind of like the Mean Girls dance sequence. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito are hooting and hollering because they don't know who the girls are, but then they turn around and it's their daughters. And of course, then they feel weird and wash their eyes out with um, the holy water in a Catholic church. Um, but it's all good because the lights do get lit so bright that they can be seen from space. And then um, Kristen Chenoweth sings a song. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 the the most I can say out of this is that I was able to run about six point. 49 miles out of it uh and i was able to get across the line to my um uh weight loss goal so good for you deck the halls uh you do not watch that movie i would pretend like that didn't happen so my like next movie would be i don't know you know return of the king or something yeah but (laughs) i've gotta be i i try to be like i try to document it regardless because like sometimes you get gems sometimes you don't like it's a luck of the draw i did miss congeniality and like i get why people like it but i'm not the biggest fan of it you know but it it got the job done i got a workout in um i almost did one to jingle all the way but then i started turbo man dude i i'll tell you what i was watching of it this week uh phil hartman i wish we hadn't lost him as oh yeah we did like his performance in that movie is stunningly great well his loss is sad because his wife murdered him yeah yeah so he shouldn't be dead no exactly um but yeah anyway um i uh i had my nephew over and uh he wanted to watch tv so we put on some netflix and he likes a show apparently called the furchester hotel uh which i guess is a british bbc production of a Muppet show or a Sesame Street show and uh, Elmo and Cookie Monster are supporting players in it. Uh, and the only reason that I uh, uh, thought it was noteworthy is because uh, there's the first episode is the Furchester Motel is trying to make a commercial uh, that will sell their mo- their hotel and they get a Muppet that looks like it's straight up just Joel Cohen from the Cohen Brothers. And I was just like, oh, cool. So that's why they're not making a movie together this year. I, I-, I get it. He turned into a Muppet. Totally makes sense to me. Uh, and then I, uh, watched, uh, two Hitchcock movies, uh, to gear up for further episodes of Shamley. Uh, I watched the 1953 film, I Confess, um, with Montgomery Clift and that movie's still fucking amazing. Uh, it's a wonderful film, um, about a priest who, um, uh, takes a confession, um, of a murder. And since he's a priest, he can't divulge the man's secret. Uh, and so it becomes a bit of the conflict of faith and whatnot. And uh, it's probably one of the most uh, 
severely deep Hitchcock films, and it's one I, if you can find it, I'd recommend it. Um, it's kind of notorious because Montgomery Clift was a method actor, and Hitchcock would not abide that bullshit. Um, or it's not bullshit, but he wouldn't abide that method. Uh, and then uh, I also watched uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Lifeboat, and I won't talk too much about that because you will all get to hear me discuss it along with some other films on the next Shamley Silhouette episode with our guest Ryan Frost. Ooh. Yeah, so. Uh. But I will say that that movie is uh, criminally underlooked in the Hitchcock realm. Uh, it's probably why Kino Lobor is the only company that's picking it up. Uh, and then uh, I didn't know if I should transition this into you guys, but we all did see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang again. We did. Uh, at the movie party at the Alamo. And awesome. I had, oh, I had, what the hell happened here? One, two. Uh, I had not watched the movie in 11 years. and Shame. Yeah. Uh, and pretty fucking great it's my favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie very wonderful and film he pees on a corpse in it yeah um, I don't know if you're supposed to laugh at that part but it's really funny no you do it it's dark humor it's, you can laugh at it it's cool um, and uh, I love Val Kilmer oh no, Val Kilmer's amazing in the movie I think Val Kilmer was what stuck out to me the first time I saw it and now rewatching it I'm like oh Downey Jr. was always gonna crush it just from this alone like he wouldn't have needed a Zodiac even to transition no, no. to an Iron Man no, I, the, I, I love the line. Val Kilmer's like, you know, you should look up idiot in the dictionary. Why? So my pictures are. No, it's the definition of an idiot, which you fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Um, and I do love, I do love the ending with Val Kilmer, uh, coming up to, uh, her, the dad oh. that was a, the abusive dad. Oh, and yeah. just, it's just like, it's, it's, it's the kind of on the nose that I really love. Like the, like the intention's very clear, and I. Fucking well, he's love really it. great in that part too, because you know the old guy's like a real tough guy, and he, he says a line back to him, but with this intensity, that's really great. Uh, you know, it's good stuff. Very wonderful, and the credits are amazing. Yeah, I feel like there's a weird edit uh, when they're at the hospital, um, and then Corbin Burnson and his gang show up. Like, like Perry walks away right mm-hmm. to go get something. Can't remember. And then Robert Downey Jr.'s... Oh, walking with him? No, he's like he's still by the van. Just mm. I forget what's going on. But then it cuts back into like... I don't know. It feels like there was a scene that was oh, in between maybe. there that is missing. So I wonder if there's like a special deleted scene out there. Maybe. That. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I watched was Rogue One. Bang, um, rewatched bang. it again. And uh, Rogue One's fine. Not my favorite Star Wars thing. It's fine. It's good. Alan Tudyk's good in it. I think the whole movie's pretty good in that. Oh, movie's pretty good. I don't know why it's just not it's it's good. It's just not my bag. Like it's not the Star Wars I like rewatching, but totally fine. All, the, all those characters and all I remember is Jin or so. <laughs> yep, do love Jin or so. I guess K S O K two S O K two S O. See, yeah, not very memorable. Yeah. But uh, but that Darth Vader scene's fucking cool. Oh yeah, hell yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was last second pickup. I do love how in if we're supposed to connect that to New Hope. He's so active and like energetic in that one, and then when you cut right to Dar- to A New Hope, he's just kind of walking around <laughs> casually. <laughs> so it doesn't really work. I always thought it'd be an interesting movie to do, like Vader being Vader. Yeah, you know, you never really see him. I guess that might be part of his mystique. Is you know he's supposed to be super powerful, and you never really see him unleash his complete. I always wonder why they don't like crush people's throats while they're fighting them with the lightsaber. Is it just too draining? Uh, I think. Yeah, I think you can't focus on this two of them at the same time i heard part of like a lightsaber is like you're mentally yeah up the kyber crystals yeah and because you'd also have to use the force while you're using the lightsaber because they do things that normal people can't do yeah Yeah. 
like the flips and the jumps and stuff like that. So you probably can't. I don't know. That'd be a question for a super uber Star Wars nerd. Yeah. I think we did see enough of uh, of uh, Darth Vader doing stuff because we got like three prequels of it. And uh, there was that one cool part where he had the high ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he killed all the kids. I guess yeah, Kylo Ren right. stopped that laser blast while he had his lightsaber out. Which yeah. is still oh, a wonderful yeah, was... moment in Force Awakens. That's one of the... That's the pretty sweet moment in that movie where you realize that he's how cool Kylo Ren is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Is like, why doesn't he just like force crush someone's head from far away? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Crush I don't, your head. I don't, <laughs> crush your head. <laughs> that's, that works. that's how sh- Max von Sydow should have gone out in mm-hmm. that first one. You know, just crush his head. I mean, what was he doing there to begin? With? Uh, anyway, that's all I watched this week. I actually didn't watch hardly anything this week. Hardly um, anything. Hardly like. anything. Mm. You said hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch too many Cox things this week. Um, Cut. Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, Rocket Man. Um, I picked it up on Black Friday. It was like $4. Right on. Um, it's way better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. Uh, I think it has better energy. I think Taron Eg- Edgerton is way better than freaking... Rami Malek. I don't. I still don't know what's special about his performance when I watch Bohemian Rhapsody. He, He's the better thing out of all the things happening. No, that's not why you should be uh, recognized. He, I don't think he lip syncs well. Oh. I don't think he does any, anything special with the role. Oh, I didn't realize you were talking about the being recognized like that. I mean, I... because here's the yeah. thing: is uh, in Rocket Man, it's more of a traditional musical. Um, which, you know, is peppered with Elton John songs mm-hmm. and there's more to it than just per, like doing greatest hits of someone's life that isn't even true, which Did- is, I think it's really bothered me too about Bohemian Rhapsody is they, you know, it's the story of Queen, but it's not true at all. And yeah. it's, and it's mostly about, it's mostly about trying to spread the wealth around and not talking about Freddie as much as it should. Like, and the thing with, when you watch Rocket Man, you realize that it's a musical about Elton John's life, so mm-hmm. it's not going to be 100% accurate. Yeah. And, I mean, there's some way melodramatic parts, but it, it didn't stick out to me as much as, no one's going to listen to Queen for six minutes in their car. Oh, that scene. I oh fucking can't stand it. I, and no. it's, and you know, the only time I said, oh, you know, he's doing pretty good is in the live aid scene, but even then I was going, oh, he's just, mimicking him he's not even yeah and his lip syncing was awful also rocket man has the benefit of that guy's alive so they can consult with him yeah well they could consult with the band of queen oh they did <laughs> i know and, that's and, what i mean and, it's and that's why that's the, why it, yeah they, they get the band side so yeah but uh but, but even then though i mean uh, there's just so many inconsistencies they were already before freddie mercury made a solo album other people in the band made solo albums so they were like mad. I'm like, eh, you're going to make a solo album? Well, well, fuck you, mate. You can't go do that. And they've already done it. Um, it just, I didn't like how it played out. Yeah. But Rocket Man. Yeah, Rocket Man's a good movie. I liked it. It's, I, I think it's way more cinematic. Um, there, it, there's some moments just going, yeah, this is weird, but. But there's an attempt to the, tell a the deeper story. Bitches back. Yeah. Ah. Like, you're dorky. I yeah, know. I think I think that was going for like the shock because it, that song really didn't fit at that point. Because I mean, the story behind the bitch's back is because he was sober again. So I get, I don't know, I don't know. But I, I mean, I, I thought it was fun, and but you know, I also I don't know why my musical biopics always do this when he's um, I forget what song he sat down at the piano and was playing, and his grandma like sat down and she was holding her heart because it was so good. 
<laughs> just way overdone. Like, I forget. Way too. Uh, yeah, there's there's obvious moments. Schmaltzy. In it. Schmaltzy stuff. Yeah, but I mean, at least they didn't shy away from him doing coke and being an asshole. Yeah, because I mean, there's that there's a great scene where he's argue well, he's trying to rile up Bernie Toppin before a show, and you know Bernie's not taking the bait, and he apologizes before he goes out. Uh, I think that's at Dodger Stadium or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it asks a lot of you. I mean, and and I like the wraparound in AA. That's oh yeah, no, really it's cool it, it's it's telling a story, and it's it's actually fine. a great opener to my mind for like a biopic of that nature, where he just walks in with that costume on mm-hmm. into the, the AA meeting, and he's wearing it throughout the entire thing. Like it's a it's a it's a really yes, there are schmaltzes in it, but I dig it. Yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, I rewatched. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw, which the movie's actually really fun. Boom, boom, I actually had more fun with it watching it a second time. Um, I don't know why it just was more fun this watching it again. More fun in your living room, kind of maybe. I don't know, and that I cr- totally cranked it. And on 4K, it's like really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, on 4K, it looks amazing. Um, and I mean, it had so I think my favorite line from the year is uh, Captain Marvel saying, "Hey, Peter Parker," because I think it's really delivered really well and. Uh, the moment's really cute. My second favorite line is uh, "On Black Superman." <laughs> I think is pretty sweet. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why The Rock brings his sister to a building that has tons of windows in it where the guys can just get her. I, I, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but whatever, it's fun. Yeah, it's The Rock and Jason Statham, two of my favorite people. And then I saw you know a trailer for Jungle Cruise. And I'm like, oh, there's two of my favorite people again. Yeah. I was re-listening to like I had this get made of I think Furious Seven. Mm-hmm. Or the sixth one, I don't know. Can't I don't remember the tiles <laughs> for the numbers. Um, but I think they well, whatever one um, Jason Statham first shows up in. I think it's six. And like someone said in that movie, he says he doesn't have like a sister or a mother. Oh Maybe. no, it's seven. It's seven that he's introduced. Is it seven? Oh, because he kills Han at the end of six. And then he asked if he needs to know if he's wearing a wire. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. if he's wearing a wire. Anyway, someone quoted like the movie, like his character says, like. Or some maybe someone's doing like a rundown of his vi- like stats or whatever. He's it like, is an unusual character arc. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, my point is like in Hobbs and Shaw, suddenly those two people that they said didn't exist do exist. Or maybe uh, they'd say, "Well, he's just saying that so everyone knows how." Yeah. But it's to protect them. Yeah, to protect them. But yeah. at the same time, you're you know, it, he does go from this ultimate bad guy to being kind of the funny Anti-hero. sidekick and. Yeah. You know, saving babies and stuff. So you know, whatever. Yeah, it's fun. I, it's more fun than uh, Furious Eight and Fast Seven or whatever the fuck their names are. Uh, I mean, I like Five and Six are pretty fun, but Seven and Eight are. Whatever. Oh no, I remember what it was on the show. They were they were like hypothesizing what they should do with a movie, mm-hmm. and they said it should have his sister and his mother. And hey, like three years later, <laughs> someone was actually the writer of the movie was actually listening to the podcast. Hey, that's a, not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm still amazed they haven't tried to get Manzukis Sheer or Adam Scott into one of those movies because that would be wonderful. Yeah. Manzukis has John Wick cred. He could do it. Totally. That is true, and he's fun in John Wick. He's not in it a lot, which is great. <laughs> he just says, TikTok, Mr. Wick. I know. I just like it. Does. I know. I just like it. It's just kind of like, why are you here? <laughs> and I, uh, you can check out my article for the first part of the 19 favorite Blu-rays of the year is two Popeye volumes. And they're really great. Um, the Thank cartoons you. are pretty good, but the, the remaster in 4k is really stunning. Sadly, no features was no features, Yeah, but you know, it's still like, four hours of Popeye cartoons. It's pretty fun. I loved your article because it's like all this like like the A 
A minus. Like, like standard one, mm. and then there's just additional features. If. <laughs> yeah. I don't sugarcoat shit. Oh, yeah, no. Nobody to impress. Yeah. Stay tuned for uh, my next one. I'm going to try to post it tomorrow. You'll be tap dancing while you read it. Mm. <laughs> um, anyway. There, there's, a, there's a little taste. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Black Christmas. Brad, did you have a chance to see Black Christmas? I did. Should people see Black Christmas? I don't know. I'm surprised. I've seen this movie three times. Not this one, but like <laughs> yeah. I've seen all three of the Black Christmases they made, and I don't. Uh, it was getting better at one point, and then it just takes a weird left turn, and I'm just like, oh, okay, this doesn't. All right, <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. You could, I, I maybe not the theater. Mm. Zach. Uh, I think you can rent it. Um, I, I've never seen the 06 Black Christmas, so my only reference is Bob Clark's 74 film. Um, classic. Yeah, it's a classic film. And The ghost uh, coming from inside the house! And I'll tell you... Oh, spoilers. Sorry, guys. Um, um, but there are, uh, there are moments in T'Call's version where she's recalling that film in a way that doesn't, like directly homage it like it's just aesthetically and the cinematography kind of captures some of it in the first half uh but the entirety of it i think is a missed opportunity um in a couple different areas and we can talk about that in spoilers so i'd say rent it oh uh, yeah i rented i you know i had fun with it um but I, the trailer spoils a whole movie yeah the trailer is something like three minutes long and they they spoil the movie and um uh, but uh, i mean it was fun yeah, my my wife wasn't that impressed with it, but um, because you, we were, she was talking and she said, you know, why can't I just have someone get stabby stabby and I see boobs on screen? She's basically saying she wants to see a Friday the Thirteenth film. Um, Which is interesting because it feels like this made this movie was made for her. Yeah, and more she so do, than most she doesn't movies. like that though. She yeah. doesn't like when it's uh, that in your face. It was very on the nose. Yeah, yeah. in this movie, could have um, been more subtle. Yeah. Uh, before we get into it, here's uh, the trailer for Black Christmas, nineteen. It's my privilege to teach you this semester. Enjoy your winter breaks and Merry Christmas. Sup, ladies? Excited for tonight? It is our last day of our last fall semester of college ever. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle and jingle bell ring. Can you take a photo of all of us? Of course. Where's Helena? She was tying back a sodas earlier, but she looked really good. She's we shouldn't have let her go back by herself. She's fine. Come on, live a little. Helena hasn't gotten home yet. If I were missing, I'd want you to unleash the bloodhounds and track me down. She was at DKO last night. Still creating problems, huh, right? Hello? Hello? I'm worried that something bad happened. It's winter break. Could just be a delay of some sort. Snow. My friend is missing. Nine times out of ten, the girl's just with a boyfriend. I will bring you to your knees.
200 years of history. <laughs> Many sacrifices have been made to keep our traditions alive. You're all insane. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of running. Go, 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 go! Ho, 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 bitch. You mess with the wrong sisters. Uh, in it, uh, there's, there's a killer um, terrorizing sorority girls at a college. A killer or killers. Well, yeah. I mean, if you play the trailer, then you know it's killers. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't see the trailer. so mm. Oh, so that part. The trailer spoils the whole movie. But So I saw the 2006 one years ago mm-hmm. on DVD when it, that came out. And then, uh, oddly enough, a few, like a month ago, I saw it at a film festival. Like the original one. Mm. They replayed it. Um 70 was 74 74 version um so i recently i had that one to compare this one to and that one i really enjoyed like it's slower and like the 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 house is creepier yeah Um, like the house is a character in it as a character um obviously it makes sense like you can't do the the calls coming from inside the house because everyone has cell phones now Mm -hmm. so like this update makes sense but yeah it's it's not as hardcore or as no. like, dark as it. Uh, there's also you know there's like the whole town's out looking for these girls, and this seems very contained. Like it's almost like yeah. three locations. Yeah, I, I I think that's part of its strength and part of its weakness is it doesn't follow the traditional Black Christmas mold. I think is good. They're just using the title and the setup of sorority girls being killed. Yeah, I feel like the first three kills are like, hey, this is the old movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's an there's an attempt to reach an aesthetic. Uh, oh, I, mean, I think compromise. cinematography-wise, it definitely has that aesthetic, yeah, to, and, um, that hazy kind of look to it. And there are moments where it like virtually recaptures the magic look of the '74 film, yeah, um, or magic look, <laughs> the haziness and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I it's PG-13 also, which I don't. I don't like that being a crutch going in. I'm like, well, it, it works. Can- it works if it's Happy Death Day, where it's the premise is a little more silly, where this is pretty straightforward horror. Yeah. So you lose the impact of, I mean, it's in the first kill. The dude takes, you know, the icicle and then it cuts before it stabs her. Um, you um, see it already stabbed into her, but you don't see it. But then I'm just sitting there in the theater going like, that icicle would break before it like yeah. crush her sternum. Like, Mm. I don't know. And, and so I mean, yeah, the setup is is um Riley, the main character, she was sexually assaulted at this fraternity and they take the bust of the founder of the college who has black ooze in it <laughs> that gives people supernatural power. I guess that's, that's the, the black part, part. Well, that's the silly part. Like you're talking about mm-hmm. like it needs to have a silly element to be PG-13 like I didn't, is that in the trailer? Uh no, in the trailer it shows Carrie Elways and all the sorority guys in cloaks. And then, fraternity, uh, fraternity guys <laughs> in cloaks, and then they also show a couple shots of more than one of them. So you already know who the bad guys are. You already know that there's more than one. Yeah. Which I understand that that's a scream thing now, where there's more than one killer. But it's, I mean, but yeah, the whole possessed by the black ooze part. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Like now it's a supernatural sci-fi movie. Yeah. And so her scene, her exposition scene, where she's explaining it to her friend, seems really out of place. Where, and she's a, she's actually a great actress, but I mean, you, when you're given like shit, we're saying, I know you don't believe me, but this black ooze, it possesses them somehow. It almost seems like that was reshot to like fix almost, the story because narrative. Yeah. If you look at it, it looks 
like a car in a garage mm-hmm. with wind blowing. The yeah, uh, and then also like making the guys possessed by the black ooze almost undercuts yeah. their st- story because I agree. It, it almost apologizes for what they're doing. Like, yep. well, they they weren't doing this on their own. They were possessed. Like, you almost feel bad that they get burned up at the end because they didn't know what they were. Yeah. So it's. It's a good because I mean I think when uh, the one dude walks in with a bow and arrow I think it's really cool I think that starts getting really tense and then it, it the momentum's broke when they leave the house um, and I mean I think it's a really clever where you think the one friend is able to call nine one one and the uh, security guy shows up and it's a different Depends, house so yeah. you realize they're doing it all over campus which is pretty cool so it's not totally isolated which how do they think they're gonna get away with that. I know. I don't know what the, I don't know what their I don't know what their end game is. Um, yeah. Like even if they kill all the girls at the school, like the neighboring city is gonna like pick yeah. Them up, like the news is gonna come out and do a whole story on everything. Like well, and that's dude. They killed a cop. Yeah, well, and he's not even a real cop. Or but even then, campus. But so security campus, you still dispatch police if there's assaults yeah. going on. Yeah. I don't know. There's. I appreciate what the movie's trying to do. I just don't think it hits the mark um, with the story and whatnot. Um, and this movie needs to be – this movie was, what, 93 minutes? It was like fast. That? Yeah. I remember I got my check at the album because Laura and I uh, – Laura really wanted to have a day. I mean, Laura's been so busy with school, and she says, will you please take me to the Alamo? I said, yeah, sure. And she really wanted to go full blow, so she got, like, an appetizer, and we got our – um, dinner and they like dropped off the dinner and they left and Laura ordered like another beer and they dropped it off. He left and he came back and he dropped the check. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Because you get so conditioned with movies being so long now that yeah. it's, it, I mean, I do like that they're that fast because I, I think, um, Hell Knight, um, is a slasher film from the 80s, which is almost two hours long. I think that's too long for a slasher movie yeah. because you, slasher movies have to have a momentum to them where you're slowly building up. Um, that's why I think the new Halloween works so well is you, you're building up yeah. to something. But that movie's like about an hour 40, maybe? Like yeah. I, I, haven't tra- I haven't double-checked the runtime on it, but this one I think could have stood 10 more minutes if if that, maybe even like just five, because it just feels like the editing is a little... Nothing's allowed to breathe in an appropriate manner to build the tension. See, I actually kind of agree with Brownness. I think they could have cut that scene where she's doing the exposition, yeah. where she's saying... And then you don't even believe me now. It, yeah, there's also uh, when the other girls like get in, like get into her jeep too, um, and then there's like the one cloak guy who's behind the car, mm-hmm. and you see her p- put the like transmission into a different gear. Yeah, I totally expected it to be reversed, like she was going to back over him, but yeah. just cuts back to the to the yeah. fraternity. I, I expected that cut to explain like, oh, off camera they did back into that guy, took his cloak, and I thought whoever was like the main cloak guy that comes in at the end to like torture, mm. like, Oh, big surprise. It's actually her friend. And then like, then they start wiping mm. out the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was actually just another like secret cloak dude. Did they ever pull, actually pull off his mask? No. Like he's like the alpha. alpha. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, like, I was but yeah, that so wasn't it. my wife didn't like it because the, like the overt feminism is really on the nose yeah the fight and, the patriarchy yeah and you know she doesn't like that it does make all men seem really bad in it and i don't know my my, my wife is a feminist to a point um because yeah it's pretty spot on but i mean uh, their little performance at the the fraternity i thought was really fun mm-hmm. um, there's fun moments in the movie i just don't think it sustains its momentum throughout it yeah and like it, you're talking it should about- be rated r 
You're talking about yeah. building. Like, there's no tension no. after the middle. No, like, you're it's right. It's all just like kind of an action movie at that yeah. point. Yeah, and I agree. You, I, I want an R rating out of this, not because I'm necessarily like pining for a bunch of gore, although that's, fu- that's a fun part of horror <laughs> movies, right? Yeah. But like, you should be able to go for broke with this if this is your premise and if you're tying into Black yeah. Christmas, which was not so much a gory movie, but it was a violent movie yeah. back in 74. Uh, well, I think the 2006 one's super hardcore. See, I, if, I, if I remember right. I barely I, remember it. I heard there's stuff in there that you don't do today or whatever. Oh, yeah. What I mean, they've never released it on Blu-ray, so. Yeah, maybe that's. But the original's way creepier because like, there's oh, a yeah. guy hiding in the house the whole time. Yeah. That's my biggest problem with this movie is this movie leaves the house way too much. Mm. I want this to be somehow find a way. You don't have to do the calls coming from inside the house, but the idea of, of Bob Clark's film was that the killer's kind of like in the attic and then kind of spreading around the house and whatnot, and it's emanating from the attic to a point, and this one is tying too much mythology mm. into it, which you can do, and I appreciate that they are trying something, but I just don't think it worked this time. Yeah. Um, but there are good moments in it. Yeah. Like there are fun, suspenseful moments, and there are good moments of 70s horror cinematography that do build the tension where necessary. Yeah. So. Uh, and I think Eva Jean Poots is good. Oh, yeah. She's always yeah, good. She's good. Um, and Carrie Always is appropriately creepy. Um, is he a good villain? I don't know. He's not enough to know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the characters are good. It's just yeah. overall it seemed like way too much like on direct on the nose message. Like, yeah. Which is I like the message. I just don't. Yeah. It's just like so. It, it, just, it forgets it's a movie. Yeah. agree. Trying to tell a story. So. Uh, next week, we're seeing some independent film. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Um, yeah. Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. I'm having this big debate with Corinne like every night because she keeps on bringing it up. She's so. Let me ask you a question: Do you think Darth Vader is redeemed at the end of Return of the Jedi? It, my whole argument is it's hard to redeem someone who's killed billions of people. Um, he doesn't, and he doesn't redeem himself he redeems his I, I i don't i don't think he redeems him. i think he just gets rid of the emperor because he's killing his son but they allow him to be part of the jedi ghost squad at the end yeah i understand time. that too but i guess he just vanquishes his own evil but he's yeah. still on the hook for all the that's what i mean yeah. can you really truly be redeemed for after all so i'm having this argument because corinne is certain that kylo and ray are going to end up together at the end mm-hmm. and i my whole argument is in the last jedi Kylo had the opportunity to be the good guy. And he didn't. And he said, take my hand and we'll rule the galaxy. Hmm. And Ray rejected him for it. And then he shows up like 10 minutes later and is leading an all out assault on his mom. And he blew up his mom's ship. And she keeps on bringing up. She said, well, he thought about it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. He still was in charge of the star killer that blew up a planet. Hmm. And he killed his own fucking dad when his dad came up to give him a hug. I don't think you can be redeemed after that. I have a feeling that Kylo Ren's going to be a villain that's not about redemption, which will be very interesting. I don't know. So I'm just putting well, this out because he's a Skywalker, it. so he is. The, I, if the whole saga is about Skywalkers being redeemed, then because the the pre the second trilogy, which is uh, is about redeeming Anakin Skywalker, yeah, like, but I, well, to me, I think the first six movies are about the circle being completed by Anakin Skywalker because he's a guy who's going to complete the circle. Exactly. And the additional three films are trying to la- not latch onto that, but trying to add to it appropriately. So I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if I can take the, 
the title literally the rise of skywalker you know i didn't realize until recently so it's like they're all r words right mm-hmm. uh revenge return and rise mm-hmm. um i wonder if they're like ray is going to be declared a skywalker like yeah because that's like the new religion that's what i was thinking because it's a rise of skywalker where it's not jedi anymore because you know luke burnt well attempted to burn it to the ground and ray takes it with her so instead of teaching jedi maybe she's going to teach skywalker and right uh, but yeah. that's like that's the the whole arc is yeah. like from Anakin onward is like that is the new force in the universe is the Skywalker force and she yeah. keeps on she sent me this I, I didn't watch it because I guess there's some alleged spoiler clip they're showing around on the internet but to me it seems almost too on the nose because I heard about the clip you're talking about the Palpatine clip yeah it oh, seems okay. too much on the it. nose yeah. that they would release a spoiler that big before the movie comes out i think it's to remind you that palpatine's there i don't yeah. think it has any actual uh significance but we'll see i mean i if i i really i as ray as a character i just hope she doesn't end up with ben solo because it just doesn't make sense uh, also you're forgetting luke didn't burn it down it was a wonderful little puppet voiced by frank oz uh, anarchy in the yoda k how did yoda burn it down because he's dead yeah he's a force ghost who can just start shit on fire that's what he did he, he summoned the lightning bolt yeah oh, that's right <laughs> he loves that i love that and i love the speech or the the dialogue he has with luke about uh how skywalker's still learning mm-hmm. yep so yeah i because I, I mean, it could also be the return of Luke Skywalker. Because yeah. does he actually really die? I don't know. I don't know. They could be setting up that they're finally explaining like uh, what transcending to a Force ghost actually does for the universe. Yeah. Because yeah. I just really Qui-Gon hope Jin because didn't get to do that. Yeah. I, I just don't want her to end up with Kylo Ren. It just yeah, it seems like. And f- f- I know. She, it, it, it cracks me up because Corinne sends me all these messages saying, oh, look at this. I can't wait. I said, no, he's a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't get redeemed from killing your father. You don't get redeemed from killing billions of people. You don't get redeemed from blowing up a ship with your mom in it. You don't get redeemed for saying after you killed the so, supposed supreme leader that you're like, no, rule the galaxy with me on the dark side. I mean, she might defeat him, and he might have regrets. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have been such an asshole. And I think that's that's what Vader does. I don't think yeah. I don't think Vader gets redeemed. I think he realizes that he had he missed out. He on... missed out because no matter how much you want to, you know, bad people want to badmouth the prequels. There is an arc there where he turn. He's too impulsive, and he 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 has an opportunity. And, you know, there's a scene where she says, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. And he has a chance. And it, it reminds me a lot of Kylo's scene where you have a chance to be a good person. It's not too late. Yeah, you killed all the younglings, but, you know, you don't have to be this guy. He had a choice even earlier than that. He had a choice to stay in the Jedi Temple where Mace Windu told him to stay. Yeah. <laughs> and she she brings up that um, that Kylo's never been properly trained, which I always I countered with that he was trained by Luke Skywalker. So... She said, yeah, but Skywalker says he, you know, he failed Kylo. And I said, he did say that because you feel you'd feel that you failed if your whole goal in life is to train people to be good. And the one person who turns against you is your nephew. I would think you failed. Well, and he also has the guilt on that because of the fact that he in a moment he thought of slaying Kylo down, which further bolstered Kylo's rage to then yeah. it's interesting the I, I think i think that's why the last jedi is such a great movie is because it has all these questions mm-hmm. 
that um, J.J. Abrams has to answer. And yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't envy him. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is going to sound silly, but if we if we follow the pigs in space mold, we just bring Vader back, and it turns out it's Gonzo. Uh, that that would be a wonderful way to end this series. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't have to wait that long. I'll find Exciting. out. Exciting. It's just four days away. I know. I think I think I'm going to see it. Um, well, obviously, I'm seeing it with you. Yeah, I think like you better be there. No, yeah. I'll be there. And uh, my dad wants to see. I might see it Friday morning too. Mm-hmm. Nothing but stars. And boys. then, then I'll either have to listen to Corinne be right, or I can rub it in her face. I really hope it's me. <laughs> you hear that, Corinne? I really hope I'm right. I hope you're right too. I don't want to see that either. Yeah. I hope I'm right, and that Mark Hamill does a big musical number at the end. Does Mark Hamill sing? Guys and dolls, we're just a bunch of crazy guys and dolls. Remember that Simpsons episode? Yep. Yep. He's he's Luke Skywalker, but he's also here to talk about Sprint. (laughs) (laughs) You idiots, he's trying to save you money on long distance. (laughs) Cool. Star Wars next week. Good job, Zach. I don't know what to say to that. I got nothing. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.